Hey there, I'm Erica Allen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I just wanna take a moment to say thank you so much for taking some time today to listen to this message. And my prayer, my deepest prayer, is that God will shine light in your life through these words and God will ignite change in your life and in this world because you took some time to connect to God and this message today. Will you pray with me? God, I just pray for every person who's listening in right now. I pray, God, you'll shine light in their lives, that you will fire them up to ignite your change in the world, and that our world would be different because they've connected with the words and the dream that you have for their lives and for our communities. Make us bold and make us, make us a different people, God. We love you. Amen. If you spent any amount of time with me over the last few months, you will have heard me say that I desperately want to be fired up for the dream that God has for my life and for this world. I want to be fired up about it. I want to see it come alive. I want to see it come alive in the people of God. I want to see it come alive and change the city of Tampa that I live in. I want God to fire us up. And yet, over this past year or few months, I've also had this question like, how do you stay fired up even in the face of the great suffering that so many of us are dealing with from day to day? So many of us are suffering, right? We've experienced financial implications from COVID-19. We've experienced just a different kind of work and life balance over the last few months. We've experienced grief and pain. We've watched dreams crumble and we've canceled things we love. So much of our lives have been different, not even because of the pandemic, but just because we are alive. We have experienced suffering. And how? How in the midst of suffering do we stay fired up about the dream God has for our lives and the world? When so many in our community are hurting and suffering, how do we stay fired up to make sure that dream's coming alive for them? How do we stay fired up in a world that is suffering? God brought me to a scripture that I'm going to read with you in just a few moments. It's 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. Peter says this to people who, much like us, are living in the midst of suffering and darkness who know what it feels like to lose their financial implications, who, who were working good jobs and had this amazing place in society and who, who lost it all as followers of Jesus. These folks know what it's like to experience suffering. And I want you to hear what Peter tells them in this sort of writing, this letter that he wrote to him. He, this is in the first few sentences of that letter. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God, our Father uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has opened up new life and a living hope for us because Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. Jesus opened up an inheritance for us that can never perish, never spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, 
who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, through this, this, this inheritance and this salvation, in all of this, you greatly rejoice, even though right now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, this authentic faith, which is, which is worth, it's of greater worth than gold. It's, it's worth more than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, that, that this may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see Jesus right now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. We have this deep joy that words can't explain because we are receiving the end result of our faith, the salvation of your souls. These words weren't written for, the, for a church over 2,000 years ago. These words were written for us that we may know what it's like to come alive, stay fired up, even in the face and in the midst of suffering. What is suffering? Suffering is when the things of the world that give us comfort and happiness have been stripped away from us. Suffering can look all kinds of different ways. It can come in the form of grief when we lose someone that we love. It can come in the, the midst of job loss, when, we, it, when, when the things that gave us comfort and happiness are stripped away from us. It can come in the midst of family dysfunction or relationship problems. We can experience suffering in all kinds of ways. It's when the things that give us comfort and happiness are stripped away from us. There's a man named Viktor Frankl. He was a Jewish physician during the time of the Holocaust. He actually survived the concentration camp Auschwitz, one of the ugliest and most brutal things ever created by humans, absolutely intended to do nothing but inflict suffering. This place existed to do nothing but strip things from people that provided them comfort and happiness. Humans were capable of setting up these physical spaces to inflict suffering. And Viktor Frankl, a physician, said that he noticed people responded to this suffering in the concentration camps in four ways. He said the first thing that people did in the face of this great suffering was they became brutal. Even the kindest, most gentle and compassionate people became brutal. They became angry and filled with rage. There was, there was no holding them back from, from this anger and this brutality that just wanted to escape their bones and their bodies and be inflicted on the people around them. In the face of great suffering, one of the things humans do is become brutal. You don't have to experience the absolute and terrible devastation and suffering of a concentration camp to know that in the face of suffering, we humans are often our responses to become brutal. Maybe you don't always operate with just this, this rage and this anger that you're, you're pushing out on people around you. 
But are you becoming some form of brutal? I've heard people say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just am snapping at people all the time. I'm not as kind as I used to be. Is there some kind of suffering happening in your life or or, or in the world that is causing you to respond brutally? We respond to suffering by being brutal. The second thing that he said people did, and he said it was so sad to watch it happen, people just absolutely gave up. They lost all will to live. There was no amount of pep talks or blows. There was literally nothing that anyone could do that could will them into staying alive any longer. They simply gave up. They refused to get out of bed. They refused to do the things that would simply keep them alive. Maybe in the response of suffering, You have seen yourself give up. Maybe not to the extent that I'm talking about that happened in the concentration camp, but Viktor Frankl says this is how humans respond to suffering. I saw it in a a great deal at the concentration camps, but, but I watch this every day as a physician. People give up in response to the suffering they have. They've lost all will to live. Some of us say it's a lack of motivation, right? We have lost all will to live. We have given up. In response to suffering, have you given up? The third way that people respond to suffering is the only way they could survive was hope that life would be back to the way it was before the concentration camps. Anybody hear that line? They just hoped that things would get back to normal one day. They clung to those things in the world that gave them comfort and happiness. And they knew that one day when liberation came for them, they would just get their power back, their money back, their place in society back, their family back. Everything would just perfectly be right back to normal. And that was the only way they could keep themselves alive. It's all they talked about. One day life is going to be exactly like it was before the concentration camps. And Viktor Frankl said that, that of all four groups who respond to suffering, this was the saddest to see because this group of people actually experienced liberation from the concentration camps and went on to experience great depression and suffering beyond the concentration camps because the things that they clung to did not come back the way they thought they would. They did not get their normal back and they experienced absolute depression and desperation. Some of them committed suicide. They just absolutely lived with this desperation because they they just hoped things would get back to normal and that's not what happened. Are some of you just clinging to things to get back to normal? in the face of suffering. If I can just survive this suffering for a little while longer, things are just going to get back to normal. There will be a day where you have to face head on the suffering and it will be absolutely devastating when you have to look it in the face. Viktor Frankl says this, he says, in the face of suffering, we can cling to the things that used to give us comfort and happiness that were stripped away from us, but we will be absolutely devastated. And he said the fourth group, all three groups were contagious, but but this fourth group of people, the way they responded to suffering was the most contagious. They drew from an inner strength that did not believe that any amount of evil 
or death or schemes devised by those people in those concentration camps could rip away their purpose and their meaning for living. They believed in a God who had a great purpose for their lives. And they drew from an inner strength that kept them buoyant. He said it was amazing that everyone else experienced these huge like roller coasters. But these folks just kind of stayed on top. They just floated along on the water, absolutely clinging to this inner strength, this great purpose, and this great hope. And it was contagious to the people around them because it allowed them to resist powerfully the evil and darkness in the world around them. Folks, I'm here to tell you, we serve a Jesus who has conquered the worst thing that humans could ever think of or devise as a plan to ruin everything in the world. Jesus Christ overcame that. Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. He had power over the absolute ugliest and worst things humans could scheme and could think about. Jesus Christ rose again and opened up the possibility for us to experience a new day and a living hope, an inner strength that cannot be stolen from us. I want you to listen to this. In, in, in verse 4, it said, 1 Peter chapter 4, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, You are the resurrection of Jesus Christ opened up an inheritance for us that can never perish, can never spoil or fade. It will never be taken from you. Suffering strips away things that give us comfort and happiness. And even in suffering, God gives us purpose and meaning that will never be taken from you. It will always live in you a hope and an expectation that God is always making God's dream come true in the world through the work of Jesus Christ and through people who believe in his resurrection over the most powerful and worst suffering we could ever dream of inflicting upon one another. This is how we stay fired up, people. We have to draw on this inner strength, this living hope that we have in a Jesus who has overcome all suffering and all death. We can stay fired up even in the midst of suffering because God has given to us a living hope, a new life. We have been given purpose and meaning that will, listen folks, in verse 4, it will never perish, it will never spoil, it will never fade, it will never ever be taken from you. And what God does in this is God ultimately changes the relationship of sorrow and grief and suffering and joy. God changes the way we as humans experience it, drastically and utterly changes the relationship of sorrow and joy. We can experience suffering and sorrow again. We're not afraid of it. We can experience it. We can be sad and, 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 and sorrow, like just experience deep sorrow and still have this joy that is utterly inexpressible like there are words to articulate why even in the midst of great sorrow we can have some amount of joy. It changes everything when sorrow and joy can coexist. 
It begins to change the way we live our lives. And God made that possible through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not just some story that we told 2,000 years ago. It is an actual living and breathing, breathing hope alive for us right now. God's dream is alive. And God wants us to be fired up about it even when we are experiencing great sorrow because sorrow and joy can coexist. I want you to hear with me what, what Peter tells people who know what it's like to live through suffering, who knows what it feels like to have hope that in all of this, even in all of this grief, you can greatly rejoice because you have an inheritance that will never spoil, will never fade. Even while you are suffering grief in all kinds of trials, you can experience, you can greatly rejoice. Not just rejoice, greatly rejoice. These have come to the proven genuineness. There's an authenticness of faith that we show to people around us when we can stay fired up. I don't mean go around and be like, I'm so glad I get to follow the, the dream of God even in the midst of my pain. Like I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't carrying the cross to Golgotha being like, I'm so glad I'm living this dream out for you, God. He, he experienced sorrow and pain. But every step of the way he knew there was going to be a moment, he had this absolute living hope that there was going to be a moment where there was going to be great rejoicing. God has opened that up for us, even in the midst of our suffering. And it's inexpressible. My words are not going to be able to explain it to you right now perfectly. I can just tell you there's an inexpressible and great joy that God gives to us, even in the midst of sorrow. And it's not this bubbly Pollyanna attitude towards life. It is this, there is sorrow and pain and darkness in the world, but I'm going to take one step forward every single day following a Jesus who has conquered the worst things anybody could ever dream up to inflict suffering and rob humans of comfort and happiness. Because we have an inheritance that will never spoil, never fade, it'll never go away. We have a living hope and the possibility of new life every single day because of what Jesus Christ has done. And we can stay fired up about that even in the midst of suffering. One of my favorite stories of, of Horizon Church is what God did in the, life, in the life of a woman named Jackie. She walked in the doors of Horizon Church back when we had doors on Easter Sunday. A year or so after experiencing just this, this great grief and pain in her life, she lost somebody who she loved desperately. She loved deeply, who brought great joy and happiness in her life. She, she walked in that door experiencing grief and suffering. And she heard about the dream that Jesus has for us that we may experience living hope and new life and that we don't just hold on to it, but that it is so good and we are so fired up about it that we share it with other people who are suffering and hurting. Over the last year, I've watched God change Jackie's suffering from, from being brutal and, and even giving up, from, from just clinging to these things that, that, that would, we hope that would bring us happiness clinging to our jobs that maybe that will give me all the purpose and you know things aren't going great I'm just gonna pour my life into my job and she said and I quote 
I have found great purpose in serving the people through the Gandhi Civic Center. It's a, it's a ministry that our church partners with to make sure folks who are experiencing suffering right now, who don't always know where their next meal is going to come from, children and, and folks in our community who don't always know where their next meal is coming from. Our church has partnered with other people and organizations in this community. We make sure to help give them some kind of hope even in the midst of their suffering. And Jackie does a phenomenal job. She shows up every Thursday night and literally dishes out living hope. She rolls up her sleeve and, and, and promises people there's going to be a new day. God is doing something new right now. I believe it and I hope in it. I've lived it and I continue to live it. Even in the face of suffering and grief and pain. She knows what it's like to dream about things for her family and, and those dreams come crashing down. She knows how to, she knows about suffering and sorrow. And yet she has found great joy in rolling up her sleeves and making sure the dream of God through Jesus Christ is alive. That we are saying there is hope and it's alive. There's a new day coming. And, and we're going to take a step into that new day right now and we're going to do it together. God has kept her fired up even in the midst of her sorrow. That doesn't mean she hasn't experienced sadness and pain. It means that, that because of Jesus, our God is big enough to create space in our lives where we can experience sorrow and joy and it changes everything. We actually have the power to resist evil when sorrow and pain doesn't have the last word. And that gives us some amount of joy. And we know that one day, our joy will be the greatest and biggest thing ever because Jesus Christ has opened up a complete new way for us to live our lives. But in the meantime, we stay fired up about the dream of God, that, that God has given to us a living hope through Jesus Christ. And God wants that living hope to come alive in our community right here where we are will you pray with me god for people who right now are experiencing great sorrow and suffering i pray that you'll give them this inexpressible and glorious joy intertwined and intertangled so much god with their sorrow i pray that that a new day, a new birth, and a living hope will come alive in them. And I pray, God, that you'll use them in mighty ways to be fired up for sharing that living hope and that new birth with a world desperate, desperate to hear it. Use us, God, to shine the light of your new and living hope and ignite the change the new day you want us to be a part of and to bring on the world in the world use this god to shine your light and ignite your change and thank you for doing that in our lives through jesus christ amen if you have never said yes to this dream and this new birth and this living hope right now text horizon go to horizontpa.info and get in contact with a pastor right now we're ready we're ready to help God make this dream come alive in your life, that you may know what, what this living hope is, what this new life and this new birth is about, 
and that you can get busy sharing it with a world desperate for it. Love you. See you later.